Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Be Your Own Bank podcast. It's everybody's favorite time of the week, the weekly roundup. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning back in. This week, we've got some fun stuff to cover. But first, as always, please remember to like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, leave us a comment, and you can watch us on YouTube or listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This week, we want to talk to you first about Celsius, how their Chapter 11 bankruptcy proceedings have been going, and the critical information and updates that we have learned about. We want to share with you. Additionally, we want to talk about the acquisition of Twitter by Elon Musk and how that may be influencing the crypto market. And finally, we want to talk to you about NFT vending machines. Now they are in London. They've been utilized recently and what that means for the NFT market. So getting into it, Celsius, they are currently, as most of you are aware, in chapter 11 bankruptcy, which is reorganization. They are trying to avoid chapter seven, which would be liquidation. And so right now they have what are called CURPS, which is a key employee retention program. And why that's important is because they are spending our money as creditors to what? Yay. Right. Yay. They're spending our money to maintain critical staff. About 62 of them, and they're planning to pay about $3 million to maintain them. 62 people, they're going to pay $3 million? Yep. That's a lot of money. What What do these people do? Well, that's the thing is they've been deemed essential, but Celsius wants all their names bonuses and addresses redacted from the record that is going to the judge. <laughs> okay. So so our names don't get redacted, but their names get redacted? Is that how it works? Right. Which is funny because Judge Glenn, who's the judge presiding over this case, basically said that's ridiculous. You can't do that. We need all their names. We need to know especially what, if, why if they're getting paid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, to the tune of 3 million dollars. That's for 62 people? For 62 people. I'll, I'll do the math while you continue. So that's one thing that has been updated throughout this process. Additionally, they are looking into whether Celsius was in fact a Ponzi scheme. So the judge has approved the examiner as well as the lawyer of the UCC, and UCC is unsecured creditors committee, which represents us, the retail investors who have their money locked. The UCC is about a handful of, of people that were huge stakeholders in the company. So tens of millions of dollars. And so they, they have their lawyers that represent us that are trying to get the most value back in the case of reorganization or in the case of liquidation too. But they're looking into seeing if this was, in fact, a Ponzi scheme. The problem with that is if it does get labeled as that, we could go right into liquidation, which would not be ideal for all of us because then that minimizes our our return. So you're saying if it's if it ends up becoming labeled as a Ponzi scheme, which one plus one is two, um, then that means that they can't even reorganize because Ponzi schemes are illegal. That that is that is the fear is that if if this examiner and 
um, evidence that they gather deems Celsius to have been a Ponzi scheme. We're basically SOL on trying to reorganize. And once again, a Ponzi scheme is all the people below pay for the people above. Pyramid, Ponzi, same thing. Bernie Madoff. And the more people that come in, the longer the Ponzi scheme can maintain, continue. But eventually, house of cards. Yeah. So both sides are skittish to label it that way because that minimizes how much we could potentially get back. And it minimizes the ability to create strategies that will give us even more back in the future if we can come up with a new, more sustainable business plan. Because the problem right now is they're they're underwater. Right? They're in the hole. Because yeah. they were taking money and they were rehypothecating it, right? Which means that they were basically spending money on top of money, derivatives of whatever was invested. They would double down on that. And it wasn't, it didn't exist, but rehypothecating just means that they're betting multiple times on the same pool or pot, right? Yeah. Well, and they were also taking a lot of risky leveraged investment choices and it caused us to get into a deficit of over a billion and a half. Yeah. So they owe to us more than they have. And that's why they had to freeze funds. Um, and so what we're looking at getting back is potentially less than half of what we have in there. Okay. So, but it, it is realistic to think that we will get some back. It is realistic to think that absolutely. But the things we have to keep in mind is we're paying this key employee retention program, millions of dollars 50, and 50,000 per employee, 50,000 per employee. And we don't know what the time span of that right. is. So the longer this case drags on, the more money is going to be hemorrhaged because we are unsecured creditors meaning that there is a pecking order and we're at the bottom of it. Right. So the legal teams are going to get paid first. These, these um, key employees are going to be paid first. So we're at the bottom. The faster we can get through this, these proceedings, the more of our money we're going to get back. But on top of that, this probe into whether it was a Ponzi is going to cost an additional 3 to $5 million. Wow. So just money, 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 money. Um, an additional thing that came to light recently was that some of the retail investors, us, the unsecured creditors, put forth a request that anybody who just had stable coins, so US dollar coin, Binance, USD, anybody who had just stable coins in their account should be deemed secured creditors. And a secured creditor is above an unsecured creditor. And what that allows them to get, hopefully, would be 100% of their money back. So they put this motion in. They told Judge Glenn that they would like um, stablecoin investors to be deemed secured. And both Kirkland, which represents Celsius, and the unsecured creditors were like, nope, that's not going to fly because according to the terms and conditions, any money that you put into Celsius is a liability of theirs to you, but it's still their money. The second you put it in there, it's their money. And it wow. says it right in the terms and conditions. So that's what they're using to say, nope, you're an unsecured creditor. So you're just, you're at the bottom of the totem pole with everybody else. Yeah. I don't remember reading that in the terms and conditions that I definitely read. So, ugh, God, it sucks. Right? I know. It does. It's just a lot of money. Like it's a lot of money tied up. It's a lot of people. It A percentage back is good, right? Because it's percentage in kind. So hopefully the market goes back up and we're not in, you know, in debt to our original investment and potentially made whole. 
So that's the bad news. Let's get to a little bit of the the hope that we have here and still a little bit of hopium. Um, one of the emergent leaders that I think we've talked about is Simon Dixon, and he's kind of trailblazing this recovery plan um, for the unsecured creditors. And he is in the top, we'll say top 30 of creditors that have money locked. He has about $10 million that is inaccessible in Celsius. Wow. And he has spent an additional 10 million of his own money to create a recovery plan. Um, and he wants to create this sort of perfectly packaged plan that's ready to go out of the box for regulators to just check and approve, hopefully, <laughs> um, so that we can potentially gain more than just our haircut um, redemption of of funds. Yikes. So what he's saying is his company, Bank, Bank to the Future. It's a cool is, name. It's it is cool. cool. They're putting together, and he's helped with other recovery plans. So he has a track record. He does have our interests at heart, in my opinion. But he, he with his company Bank to the Future, what they want to do is they want to take control of the assets at Celsius. They want to basically continue what Celsius is, was doing to some extent with custody and loans, but to have a better system that isn't as overly leveraged, isn't as risky, doesn't have as much corruption. Um, as much, I should say, no corruption. But based on like the original premise of Celsius, which was peer-to-peer -peer lending. Peer-to-peer -peer lending, yeah. Right? But didn't end up being that. Over-collateralized where we're not, we're not giving out more than we have. Right. And we're not creating a Ponzi structure. For for instance, Nexo, right? Because Nexo claims that they are over-collateralized. Right. That they have on their books over 100% of whatever is, is out there. So if people wanted their money and took out their money, they would have enough funds to supply. Basically. Yeah, bank run wouldn't destroy them. Yes. Which so far it hasn't because they did have a little bit of a run on the bank after the whole Terra Luna crisis. Um, so they have proven to be resilient. Anyways, bank to the future, what they want to do is they want to create this sort of competitive bidding process that isn't about just selling assets like Voyager did, but a competitive bidding process for taking over what we know today to be Celsius, restructure, actually reorganizing it like a true chapter 11. But on top of that, aside from getting your percentage of, of the pie that's left of half the pie, you would also get equity in this new company. So what that would mean for us is we wouldn't have to do anything about it. You would get a percentage of equity based on, on what you're owed. Okay. Right? And so the idea is if this new company starts to be successful, you know, with loans and, and interest through DeFi, whatever they're doing, the, the mining operation that Celsius has, you would get a percentage of their profits. So basically a dividend, an annual stipend from their profits. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, you would have a one-year lockup period with that equity, with those shares of stock. And then after that, you could sell it or buy more on the secondary market, meaning the stock market. Right. So that's kind of a cool idea because the idea there is you're going to get, according to Simon, you're going to get about 40 to 50% of your money back at what we know currently. Well, that's that's great then because it's guaranteed to 100x at some point. So we'll yeah, be we'll be right. whole before no time, right? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um 40 to 50% and then a potentially another 10 to 
based on debts being repaid um, from from people that have taken out loans that actually are good on their on their word. Mm. So call it forty to seventy percent back. It's kind of a wide margin, but yeah. it it gives you a, a benchmark of okay, I didn't lose it all. It's better than zero. It's better than zero. And I know some people have lost a lot, us included, but some people a lot more. So this is a little bit of a silver lining. And hopefully we can get to a point where it's not considered a Ponzi, everything gets liquidated, and we can reorganize and, and build something as a community stronger. Yeah. And the only issue there is that uh, we'd have to get it through Congress. So that'll be a piece of cake. Well, I mean, there are some pro, <laughs> no, it won't be a piece of cake, but there are some pro crypto congressional members. So not enough, but yeah, not enough, but they'll grow over time. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So some bad brewing, also a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel with Celsius. Next hearing coming up soon. We'll keep you updated on that. Moving on, Twitter. Why are we talking about Twitter? On our crypto podcast, well, it's related because the Doge King himself, the Doge Father, the Doge Father, <laughs> the Doge Father, has purchased Twitter for forty-four billion dollars. Yep, with a B. But what does that mean? Why does that matter to to crypto? Well, FTX, interestingly enough, the Samuel Bankman-Fried company, a mega giant crypto exchange. They offered to finance a portion of this acquisition of Twitter by Elon to the tune of $15 billion, which seems like a lot of money to just hand out. Mm -hmm. Additionally, Binance, which this offer was actually accepted, the FTX one was not, Binance offered $500 million okay. to help finance. So, I mean, that's a small portion of $44 billion, but it's not a small number. Right. So Binance's offer of 500 million was accepted and their angle was to help Twitter and Elon with his new acquisition embrace Web3 and also they're trying to push Binance Pay as one of the, the standards for Twitter. Yeah, because now that we have the Doge father and he's in charge of the town square, I shouldn't say in charge, he's managing the town square now, right? right. So he's trying to get rid of bots He's trying to get rid of people who are, you know, just trolls, basically. You know, he's the king troll he's as well. Troll. But the chief twit, I think, is what, twit, is, what right? is counts. You know, as. and he shows up to the the Twitter headquarters with a sink, right? Let the sink in. Let, Let this sink, sink in. in. Yeah. Let this it's sink brilliant. In. It's fun. You know, there's only good can come of this, in my opinion, from the standpoint of, web three and transitioning a social media platform into this monetized intellectual property of your own. I think that's where we're going with this. I think so too. Additionally, there could be a possible decentralized integration into Twitter where, yeah, we could get to a web three phase where we have ownership of our tweets. We have ownership of our content and we have moderation control as a community rather than as a corporate enterprise. Right. Well, and he's also saying that he, well, he floated the idea of making micropayments in Dogecoin in order to post. So that would incentivize people to not post superfluous, ridiculous, pointless things because there is some monetary value to a post. 
that it didn't go over no, well. No, that was not a great idea. But it's a it's a concept of now he's talking about crypto. He's talking about blockchain in the vein of his new business. Well, and and additionally, Jack Dorsey, who was the former CEO of Twitter, in well, they call it a leaked um, audio, pushed Elon to turn Twitter into a decentralized protocol. That would be cool. And as some of you may know, Elon, with all of his inventions, I know Twitter's not an invention of his, but with all his inventions, he makes the code open source so anybody can see it with Tesla, mm-hmm. with, with whatever. And he's even said on an interview that he doesn't care if someone can take that code and make a better Tesla and put him out of business. Right. He says that. But, I mean, his idea is that the goal is to advance humanity. Right. And whoever can do that, he's happy with it. Yeah. And it's now we are have a representative in one of the biggest social media platforms. So Yeah, and time will tell if pretty he cool. actually it we is. We got pretty Zuckerberg cool. in the metaverse. Yeah. And we got Elon the Doge. The Doge father, father. on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you can you can buy that blue check mark for eight bucks. Which is another cool thing. Like, I mean, now it's doesn't mean anything, right? It's like he's just monetize that anybody can get it now so it doesn't mean anything well and it, not everybody's gonna have to pay eight dollars so the idea is that people who meet certain criteria like public figures journalists or government officials get that blue check mark so you know oh that's actually the person that's actually the person that's actually elon that's actually um whoever else I can't but if i wanted to buy one it's eight bucks eight bucks a month oh eight bucks a month eight bucks okay. a month yeah right. well yeah. that's not in my budget right now to get that blue check mark, but someday, someday, someday. Yeah. When I get my Celsius payment back. Yeah. Then that's the first thing I'm going to buy. And you can buy me one too. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see what happens with that. But I mean, all in all, I think if we can give Twitter to the people, yep. We'll probably have a better product. Yeah, I agree. And a more transparent product. Well, and he's saying, you know, that he wants this to become something that's more libertarian. That's less of a, uh, you know, echo chamber on both sides. So he, it, that middle ground, I think, is what we're trying to find. And I think I, I think he's a good representative to potentially make that happen. Yeah, I agree. Finally, NFT vending machines. We've talked to you about crypto ATMs, and now we have NFT vending machines. So what is that? <laughs> yeah, what? What does that even look like? Why would they call it a vending machine? Yeah, a vending machine implies that you're grabbing something out of it. Like a candy bar. Oh, is that what comes out of vending machines? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, socks at a bowling alley. <laughs> <laughs> right. So how did yeah, how does that work? Well, basically, so the first one started by this uh, neon marketplace, which is a Solana-based blockchain marketplace um, in New York. That was where the first one came out. And now this new vending machine, an NFT vending machine. Um, was premiered in London for the NFT London conference. Um, And basically, it looks exactly like a vending machine. So instead of buying candy bars or pop, you're buying an envelope, a blank envelope that inside is a QR code. Just uh, just quick clarification for our, our southern viewers. Pop is soda. Or Coke. Or Coke, right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Good point. So you buy a soda pop Coke in the vending machine. It comes out. You grab it out of the little door. Same basic premise, except you're paying 
10 pounds or about 11 and something dollars for an envelope. And inside that envelope is a QR code. You scan the QR code and you can either uh, claim the NFT in your wallet or you can create a new wallet with that NFT. And the idea here is that you pay $10, you get this random NFT from, there's a few projects. We've got the Doctor Who Worlds Apart, Thunderbirds, and Delft Blue Night Watch. So these are three different projects that are sponsoring this particular NFT vending machine. You get one of their NFTs and you have the potential to have one that's worth $1,000. Okay, so you're it's trading cards, right? I mean, it's, it's yeah, the same it's Pokemon thing. cards, it's so baseball cards. You pay ten dollars for a pack, and maybe you get the Charizard or the Cal Ripken. Yeah, that's the thing about NFTs is we're still trying to figure it out. I we're think. still trying to figure out, and I know for for certain that this Doctor Who Worlds Apart one at least is a trading card game, so you will get something of utility. Oh, okay. If you want to play this game, otherwise you can sell it. And then you can trade and do all that fun stuff too. Trade and use all your all your nft friends store and hoard and all that stuff <laughs> um but the cooler thing about this aside from getting the idea of nfts out there creating some sort of tangible connection into this intangible world which is a vending machine right um i think it would have been funnier if they made it shaped like a phone booth you know that's too good of an idea <laughs> <laughs> but what would you get how would you get the nft out of the phone booth you type in the Okay. The number and it displays a QR. Anyways, point is your $10 isn't just going to the NFT creators. It's being donated to a good cause. So all the money, all the oh, proceeds of okay. this, it's it's being donated to charity. Okay. All right. Well, that's even better then. Now we're talking about that utility piece again, and it actually makes sense. The only problem is what happens if you put your money in and the little thing gets your and NFT it gets stuck. stuck. Then you got you to gotta shake it. <laughs> You got to shake it and hope that the machine doesn't fall on you. And it's now a, a news story Yikes. that NFTs are dangerous. Or else the next guy gets two NFTs. That's right. <laughs> it's it's so silly because it silly. It's, it's intangible. Well, it's silly that they would build an entire vending machine for this purpose because yeah. we're in a digital world. We don't need that. Well, it needs to be plugged in. and Yeah. And it takes up space, you know, like space, you got to have a place for it. I suppose, you know, for advertising purposes, people, same thing with the Bitcoin ATM. It's like, oh, cool, Bitcoin ATM. It's, but you could literally I've never just, seen one of those. You before. could literally just have a computer that yeah. you, you put 10 bucks in and spits out a QR. You could have a link and an email and you could yeah. do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't need the vending machine. But I mean, it's, it's unique and recognizable and it's going to get, you know, the word out that NFTs aren't just a joke. Well, and if you have big brands, like I assume Doctor Who, right? Doctor Who's it's been a big around brand, forever, yeah. right? Thunderbirds, I, as, I assume is a big brand. Thunderbirds is a, like, an, I believe it's an old, like 1970s, like, car, like uh, the movie Team America. I think they spoofed oh, Thunderbirds. Yeah. When I was looking at it, it definitely reminded me of Team America. Yeah. So uh, it, the big names, that's going to draw some attention and it's for charity. I support this. I support it too. And uh, if I ever see an NFT vending machine, I'll definitely put in my 10 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the roundup. Thanks for tuning in. All right, let's take a look at those charts. All right, let's take a look at Bitcoin. Well, that escalated quickly. We are at 17,350 after dropping all the way to 15,600. So yes, the 19,000 support was compromised and we fell all the way to 15. 
It has since rebounded as of yesterday, but we had another catastrophic event. FTX going under, SBF is in hot water, and nobody is safe. So, of course, panic selling, and now we get the little bounce back. I do believe it will be short-lived. I think we can't come back up to 19, potentially test old support into new resistance. Honestly, I don't think we're going to get up that high, though. We could see another few days of relief rally, but ultimately we are heading down between 10 and 14,000 is some good buying opportunities. You can see this blue line I've got here. That is a drawdown of 85%. Okay. Now, why is that important? Because 85% is right at 10K. And if we go back to 2017, 2018, well, what do you know? 85% from 19,000 to 3,000, 85% decrease. You can see here too, this head and shoulders pattern from 2017 kept grinding until mid-November. And then we went from 6,000 to 3,000. Where we are now, hmm, that's a similar looking head and shoulders pattern. Grind for a little bit, crash. So from 20,000 to 10,000, 85% correction. Can history repeat itself? It's very possible. That's why I'm definitely not a buyer at this time. I'm looking for opportunities to sell a little bit, to hedge my bets in case we hit that 10. Even if we don't hit that 10, I'd rather be safe than sorry. So the FTX catalyst moved us from 19 to 15. Who else will potentially be exposed by FTX? We shall see. That's the problem. We don't have regulation. Once we do, these things will be less frequent. All right, let's take a look at total market cap. Same thing, we bounce a little bit. We are in that range of a potential double bottom. Wouldn't that be cool? Around 750 billion. If we can hold that, maybe we found the bottom. Not likely though. In the meantime, let's look at our dollar cost averaging so we can take our emotions out of this because this is where it hurts the most, but it shouldn't because if you stick to the rules, you set it and forget it. So our first set it and forget it, phantom. Phantom's at 20 cents. It has completely retraced. Peaked at about $3.40, trying to find the bottom. I think 20 cents is a good deal for Phantom. Next, we have Polkadot. Same thing, back to the bottom. Maybe a little bit more room to move down, a couple dollars, but more upside potential for Polkadot, just under $6. And lastly, we have Elrond E-Gold. Peaked over $500, it's at $47 right now trying to find a bottom as well. Take a look at Elrond. That's it for the charts, gang. We are the Bit Bros. Remember, we are not licensed financial advisors. All content is intended for educational purposes only. Please do your own research and only risk what you're willing to lose. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Please remember to like, subscribe, comment, turn on those notifications. You can listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can always watch us on YouTube. We'll see you next week. Thank you.